You are listening to the Ideas to Profits podcast, hosted by myself, Ross Blaine, and with my co-author, Dr. Paul Dick. And weekly, we have special guests to add to our conversations about the ideas inside I2P. Download all the latest I2P episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts. Well, welcome to another podcast. I've got a most interesting young man with me. How would you like to be able to say that 89% of the mares out there, that being female horses, he can breed? Well, that's a pretty good name. But I've got with me one of my favorite people, as I said, Rob Farah, who is currently finishing your MBA. That's correct. Yes. In what area? Innovation leadership. And you've been quite innovative in your horse industry. Uh, and what have you learned from breeding horses that is good in business? Oh, well, that's a that's a great question. I, one of the the things that I've learned is that you always you can't stop uh, uh, thinking. You can't stop doing the things the old way if we continue to do things the old way we you know you'll continue to get the old same old results so it's it's certainly uh you you have to understand uh each horse uh as an individual with their own uh personalities and and their own their own issues that uh and once you understand those then you can create a plan and uh and once you have that plan then you can execute it and uh and then uh, you have a better chance of success when breeding that uh, that mare or even dealing with a stallion that uh that, uh, that you're using for breeding. Now, the neat part about what you do is you just said you have to understand the animal that you're dealing with. One of the things I remember when we first talked, and I've enjoyed working with you for how many years now? Since uh, 2010. Wow, you've put up with me that long. <laughs> well, it's, uh, I put up, I wouldn't say I put up with you. I, I find it very enjoyable. It's, you make me think. So. Oh, good. But one of the things that you said is that you have to understand the mare. So it's sort of like the old Sun Tzu thing. If you know yourself and you know your enemy, you won't be imperiled in 100 battles. Because you're dealing with some pretty, I'm going to say, dangerous situations, particularly oh. when you're dealing with the stallions. and Yeah, certainly with the stallions when we're, we're um, uh, collecting them for artificial insemination. So uh, it's certainly, it, it's... It's it's a dangerous situation, but it's it, you know it's controlled, and we try and control the um, uh, we can try and control everything as much as we can. But uh, you know they they can be unpredictable. But uh, yeah, you have to understand their personalities, and I, I, we were touched we touched on it about each has their own likes and and dislikes, and um, uh, because if you if you just employ sort of a blanket type program where everybody gets treated the same uh you're not gonna get uh you might get the results uh from two of the animals but not all uh but not all of them well you wanted to talk a little bit about strategy how do you use strategy in this business how do you use strategy when you're talking with your clients to build a horse that they're looking for 
Well, again, it's it's understanding what their their ultimate goal is of you know what are they looking for in a in a in a in a horse when you're going to breed. So it's, you look at the mare and the strengths and weaknesses, and you look at the stallion and the strengths and weaknesses, and you try to match them up. But you're also looking at you know what are they looking for a horse that's just going to sort of sit around, a horse uh, that they're going to do some pleasure riding with, or a horse that they're actually going to compete with uh, eventually down the line. So and then you tailor a program for that. And the same thing with when uh, somebody comes to me and they, I have a stallion that they need um, um, managed. And you have to understand, well, you know, how many mares is this stallion going to get? Is this, is this a stressed a stallion? Is this a laid back stallion? Is he timid or is he aggressive? So it's just understanding the stallion. And, and when you can understand the stallion, or even in the case of the mare that you're breeding, and, and you, um, uh, you, treat them right physically making sure their physical needs are needed but also their mental needs are are, are taken care of you're going to end up with a better uh you're going to end up with better success all around now you're looking to grow your career in the animal industry the animal health industry rob what have you learned from what you've done with the breeding programs and translated into what you're doing in as a leader in the animal healthcare industry well i've I've been in the animal healthcare industry as well not just the the breeding industry but for horses but i've been in the animal healthcare industry for well since 2005 and uh certainly the things that we learn on the farm can easily be translated into into business and that's uh that things can't always be done the old way. They, they, there's always new and better ways to do things. Or, or uh, uh, but planning is always the best because if you if you don't plan, um, then of course you're not going to have the success that you that you need. Um, but knowing the same thing on farm is that uh, there will be days where things are go sideways but you have to carry on. And it's the same thing in business. There's going to be days that are, don't go the way you want. You didn't get that sale or the time, the timeline on something got moved back, but you have to keep moving forward. And I think that's the biggest thing is that, uh, is you just keep moving forward. You've got an interesting little formula that you put on all your letterheads and everything. Want to share it with people? Sure. Yeah. It's uh it's called uh, resilience plus rigor equals results. What does that mean? Well, I think, uh, well, not that I think. I know uh, in life and in business, you have to uh, be resilient. You have to, you're going to take the good and the bad and, and keep moving forward. Uh, even if you're down on the ground, you got to get, get up. And just even if you're moving forward just by inches, you're just moving forward. And you have to do it with some uh rigor as well and 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 intensity and uh that will provide that will that will lead you to results and you might not think of it right at the at the uh you know right at the beginning but in the end you'll you'll get the results that you're looking for if you're resilient and 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 uh, you have rigor now rigor i've always thought saw as being discipline rigor being i'm prepared to train for this and prepared to work hard for it resilience is getting up no matter what and saying i can do it would that be how you interpret it yeah that 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 would be very that'd be very uh, a very good interpretation you know resilience getting up even though you're you're taking the hits you got to keep moving forward and, and certainly rigor you know involves uh discipline um 
you know, continuing to, to, there's a, a really good line, discipline equals freedom, uh, that, uh, um, Jocko Wellnick, yep. uh, uh, extreme ownership. And, uh, uh, if you're disciplined, uh, you're, you, you know, you, you can't be lazy. If you, if you, if you want results, you, you can't be lazy. So, it re- and, and it requires discipline in business. It's, 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 sometimes you're going to have to do things that you don't want to do, but, uh, you have to do it in order to, to, uh, achieve that, uh, that mission goal. Now you mentioned extreme ownership with Jocko Wilnick. Have you enjoyed that book? Have you? Yeah, it's an excellent book. I, I highly recommend it. What did you learn from it? Well, as a leader, uh, and certainly seeing the things that he's gone through and, uh, you know, looking after your team and, um, but taking ownership for, uh, you know, their, uh, things that don't always go well. And, uh, it's, you can't blame the team, uh, looking at overall strategy and, and, uh, um, you can't use accountability as, uh, as, uh, as uh, something that's, you know, everybody has to be accountable, but you you have to, but the the team leader has to has to take ownership sometimes and and say, you know, I just didn't give you the resources to do your job. You've read Ideas to Profits, and you've read Extreme Ownership, and a number of other books. What have you learned from our book? Oh uh, well, I mean, I. I I wish this book was was part of the uh, MBA program. I think anybody, um, any business leader, or even um, uh, aspiring business owner, uh, would would take great um, great thoughts from it. I, you you have amazing quotes in the in the book from from uh, from people throughout history, and and, and they're, they're relevant to business. Um, but certainly everything starts in business with an idea and um it's not so much inventions but it could be just being innovative on on something and uh but uh, the book is really great in in the sense of it's not just about it's not like your old uh, business book where you hear just follow this formula and and uh and you'll be fine it the book makes you think and and uh and ask questions and uh really digs deeper into um, you as an individual and how you can be a, a better leader, a better person and, and come up with some great um, ideas and how to contribute both uh, as a team leader or a business leader, uh, but also as a business owner. Interestingly enough, uh, one of the things you t- we talk about in the book is gathering intelligence. You had a most interesting career at some point. You were a reconnaissance guy in the army. How does that apply? What skills did you learn from that that you apply to business? Uh, yes, I was a I was a reconnaissance patrolman. So it's uh, again working in a team setting. It's uh, you, you know you've given a you're given a mission. Uh, when you think of it in business, uh, you know reconnaissance is very important. You have to understand. Uh, your competitors and and the, and the industry and the environment um and understanding if you understand your your enemy and in business the enemy would be your competitors uh, if you can understand your enemy but uh better um you will uh you'll be more successful uh, you understand their strengths and their weaknesses and if you can capitalize on 
their their uh, faults, then you can certainly uh, take advantage and uh, have that competitive advantage and, and uh, be successful. Is gathering intelligence, market intelligence, important in business? I keep harping on it, and a lot of people keep going, no, I just got a good idea, I can do whatever I want. Well, collecting market intelligence is uh, is very important. Um, you know, whether it's understanding your uh, customer is very important, whether it's demographics and uh, other metrics that will help you understand your customer or the industry so that you can maybe even change course on a, on a product or service that you have and be, you know, uh, you know, we talk a lot about being innovative. It's not about making new products. It might be just taking something that you're making already and, and changing it to, uh, with the, the changing, uh, the changing market. That old saying, doing something better than it's ever been done before guarantees success. Yes. That's really what innovation is. And innovation in my mind is, Inside every problem is a solution. You just got to go looking for it. Yes. And you've got to go out and talk and do that intelligence gathering to understand what is needed to be successful. Yeah, markets change. I mean, we go through, you know, uh, uh, decades and, you know, companies, you'll see it with companies that don't change and they'll, they'll spend 10, 20 years and doing the same thing, whereas somebody else will come along and do it better and chip away at their market share. And then they'll finally clue in that they could have changed their way of doing things, and then they're late to the party. Interestingly enough, in our career together, as we've worked together, you've worked for a number of companies. I remember one you in particular you worked for that every one of the executives kept saying, that's not the way we do it around here. And every one of them kept saying, why are you trying to do it differently? And how was their success, Robert? Oh, I'd say that their success was very minimal, uh, where they could have been a much bigger successful company and even be a a leader in their industry, whereas they were very stuck on, you know, like you said, this is the way we've done it for 50 years. And, you know, um, they they weren't big on change and uh, slowly... Other competitors came into the market, uh, new startups, and chiseled away at, at uh, uh, making something better than what they were doing. So, and it it's uh, it also leads to employees or or team members not wanting to go the extra mile when they their ideas are or they're not listened to. And I think that was it's probably the biggest thing when when, when your team or your you don't listen to your employees when some of them have the best ideas out there. Machiavelli who told the prince, "Beware the nobles, they've got the most to lose in change." We've talked about strategy and why strategies often fail, being the fact that the nobles, the management team want to get their yearly bonus, want to look after it. So any plans you put in place, their tactics are such how do I optimize for me? How do I not change because this is working for me? You're now headed into leadership positions. What are you going to do when you hit that sort of a wall, Robert? Well, I think the, the biggest thing is, is, is the why. It's not so much is the what. It's if you, if you, uh, how do you influence 
uh, people and, and get them to see your way of, listen, if we don't change course or, or um, change our, our mission, that we will, uh, you know, we, you can have, everybody looks at it in the sense of, go, oh, look, you know, we're making these little tactical wins, and, but they forget about the overall big picture and the strategy at the end of the year, this, their, their, their strategy failed. Uh, a lot of it comes down to, uh, you know, the why. And so, hey, we want to innovate. This is, and this is the reason why. It's, it's always about the why, not the what. Yeah. So, I think it's been a great conversation. I'm glad you came. I'm glad I'm here. Sat here, great. and uh, you know what? Uh, I'd like to have you back again, and I'd like to do some more in-depth talks about your career and what you've seen and. You know, I think that in the end of the day, what I'm most pleased about is that you appreciate that Paul and I have written a book that helps you think through that it is, in fact, what we dope for being a mentoring tool. So thank you, Robert. And again, thank you, everyone, for listening and get ready for the next one. Join our online community at Ideas Number 2 Profits. .ca, where you can take advantage of workshops, complimentary downloadables, and monthly newsletters. And finally, should you require someone to do a keynote address to one of your associations or groups, Paul and I are available. We also have a series of workshops that will be downloaded from the website that you can absolutely provide to your staff in your working environments. Thank you again. Have a great day.